Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode 645. Sorry about that, I pressed the wrong button on the start, so you got a bit of the outro just before the intro, but uh, you'll just have to live with that. I'm sure it's, in terms of technical uh, issues, it's probably fairly light. Forgive that one. Anyway, welcome. This is the podcast to do with music technology, uh, creation, recording, electronic music, synthesizers, software, drum machines, controllers, the whole kind of spectrum of activities and technologies that surround the creation and recording of music. That's probably a bit too long a tagline for an actual like, Sonic Talk one word. I haven't really figured that part out yet. Maybe I should figure that out. Anyway, this is episode 645. Yeah, recording today, Wednesday, uh, the 25th of November. Uh, so hello to everybody. want to say hi to all our friends in the chat. We've got uh, YouTube, we've got Discord, we've got uh, Twitch, we've got IRC. In fact, I think, is it this button? That, no, it's not that button. It's the wrong button. It's this button. No, it's that button. If you want to go to <laughs> sort of, uh, check out Sonic Discord, it's getting a bit more active now, bit.ly slash Sonic Discord. Uh, another malfunction button press. I don't know what's come over me today. Anyway, uh, let's probably best to introduce some guests, uh, but before I do, just want to remind everybody of the uh, the Sonic Talk uh, special offer that's going on over at Isotope. If you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, you can save 10% on Sonic products. And there's a lot of deals going on there, so that might accrue. There is, they've thrown in 5%. You'd have to check and see whether you get more of a discount, but uh, use the code SONIC10 at checkout to save 10% on any Isotope plugin or bundle. And that's across all of these guys. And as we know, Isotope are very useful tools for anybody who's working in music production or any of those things, or video production as well. Brilliant stuff. So do check it out. Anyway, let's say hello to some guests. Uh, we'll start with Mr. Ty Unwin, because we haven't had him for a while, and we certainly haven't had him since he's got his fancy new camera and slightly new location and faster internet how are you Ty? I'm, I'm fine am i slightly less 8-bitty yeah you you we can actually almost see the individual hairs on your chinny chin chin oh god okay yeah you can show, you can drop that i could probably put a pixel a pixelator a filter across there if you really want to, to yeah it must be a filter to stick on to take me back to the good old days yeah don't so, worry, uh, Ty, Ty, of course, media composer. In fact, you're back in. You've after a, a, a time off, you've uh, you're back into the world of media composition, right? Yeah, j yes. Just, just I'm kind of changing things slightly and doing things on my terms. And having taken a long time off and uh, and loved it, basically, I've kind of reluctantly, not reluctantly. That's the wrong way of putting it. Um, I'm I'm kind of doing the job basically, yeah. which is, uh, is great. It's, it's a nice big one. And uh, yeah, getting back into the swing of things. But as you said, the, the studio still isn't, it got stripped in July and still isn't there yet. So uh, working on a really stripped down setup. And it's great though. And as I, I mean, I've been saying for years about limitations being, you know, leading to creativity and that's exactly what's happening. So it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's interesting. Well, it might tie in with one of the topics that we've got, which maybe we'll go to first, just purely because it tie, might tie in with that. But before we do that, we'll say hello to Mr. Matt Hodson, a.k.a. Maths, at Maths, 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 uh, who is a, uh, a, a, a recording artist, producer, live streamer, educator, songwriter, all of those things. And uh, you've, you've had a change around as well by the looks of things, right? I did, yeah. I've just moved. Um, <clears throat> I've just moved things around this morning, which 
It's not a great idea because, oh man, I just, every time I move my studio around, I'm sure you, you, everyone who's watching this has the same thing. It's just... A little bit of it, it stops takes it working. Out of you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I plugged everything in and it's working. I mean, you can see and hear me, which is, I didn't even think I'd get that far. But, you know, man, um, it takes it out of you, doesn't it? And, um, I mean, it's great having all this gear, but it's also a bit of a burden as well. You know, everything's got power. Everything's got USB. Everything's got audio. Are we not at that stage yet where we can just zoom stuff across the air and just get rid of cables? Just get, get, let's get rid of the cables. Let's let's be done with it. Surely there's well, a way. I, yeah, well, I I spent I spent weeks just doing uh, wiring diagrams. I know that sounds so dull, but it was the one time <laughs> I thought, no, I'm going to get it right. And uh, for everything, for exactly as Matt said, from you know USB, MIDI, audio, um, MADI, you know Ethernet, the whole lot, and. I only got as far really as the mains cable actually putting it all back together. It spent it spent forever doing all the mains cabling. Just, and I think I said this, I may have told you this, Nick. So basically, so I'm the studio is basically going into two halves. There's kind of be a synth room in one one studio, and then the rest of the, the stripped out minimalist setup in the in the main room. And in the minimalist setup, I need 130 plug sockets. <laughs> in the minimalist room forget right. the the main room the you know the synth room in the minimalist setup it's 130 seconds at which point honestly i just gave up and thought nah do you know what i'm a twat life's too short for this and so that's why i come to this minimal setup with which needs i think eight plugs it's great that yeah that Brilliant. is there is there is something to be said for all that in fact I, well, before we go there because there is a topic that works for this i wanted to do a plug for our patreon uh patreon has launched you can see over at patreon i wanted to actually say uh welcome to our newest patreons uh steve taylor uh henrik malter uh who else have we got we've got uh jeff pinkney michael kdieski uh pascal abri richard alpin uh harry granholm um ben beasley and Thomas Kopach and Steve Elbows. Welcome to you all. And if you're interested in uh, joining us, it's um, a minimal outlay, shall we say. And we've actually been putting quite a lot of uh, exclusive content on here. So I've got uh, presets run through of the night, uh, Strymon Night Sky, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit later. Some audio files. There's also some high quality audio uh, of the Better Maker bus compressor, M1 Mac Mini, which we've got in. I'll talk about that a bit later. And uh, Cobalt uh, using the MPE, the Cobalt 8, which is actually really nice. Uh, Cobalt eight patches you know there's a bunch of stuff so if it's not stuff that you're going to see anywhere else i'm trying to i'm trying to do a sales job but we're not going to put this all up on youtube it's not just early access there's things there that you won't see if you're just watching the regular stuff we're not stopping like i say putting the rest of our stuff out it's just when i generate more content i'm going well actually i'll put it on here and i to a mind to all of the people that have supported us so thank you very much to all of those people uh, just basically sonic state on patreon is the place to go uh, and that's all you need to need to know um but yeah let's have a look now what was the video i'm trying to because i've changed the order a little bit it was ah this one hey this guys is, uh, tom here tom yes, you're ready right I'm selling all my gear. You might potentially already have heard it somewhere else. But yes, I am selling all my gear. You might think, why on earth is this guy selling off his museum with all these classic pieces in there? Well, it's a little bit of a longer story, so bear. Too long for this video, actually. So if I just pray <laughs> see, uh, 
he's basically he was sort of saying that he's got all of this I mean he's well known for having loads of and this is quite a similarity to you Ty I mean I think he's just been collecting for years he really sort of likes to bring it all with him and he's just decided that a lot of this stuff he's not using and he he's he says he's feeling guilty that some of these synths aren't getting used, so he's just going to sell the whole lot on one massive Reverb.com sale, which starts on the December the 9th, so not long now, which is a bit of a coup for uh, Reverb, I must say. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff there, and he's keeping... Uh, I'm not sure what he's keeping. He doesn't say what he's keeping. He just says what he's selling. He's selling a, a GP8 Mini Moog Voyager, R ARP 2600 clone, CS Series Synth, CS70, CFC. So maybe he's keeping some of the big boys. OBM. So yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. And this is an interesting idea. So he's, the idea, he's also moving studios, so he's just streamlining. And I suppose this chimes a little bit with what you were both saying, you know, this kind of rewiring and kind of reductionism. Um, that... There's something to be said for it. I mean, I've got a bunch of synths. I just did a questionnaire for a chap who's doing a, a university thing. And he said, oh, how many synths of a certain brand do you own? And I thought, oh, I've got these. And I thought, actually, I've got quite a lot of ones. And I, I don't use them all the time. And part of me is thinking, well, is it selfish to hang on to them? Would I feel, would it, in a feng shui kind of way, would I feel better if I rid myself of all this? I mean, it's not, I'm not the sort of person who has to have it all maintained and stuff. So it's not that so much. It's just this burden of expectation from this uh, inanimate electron, electronic equipment. Um, I'll come to you first, Matt, because, I mean, you've been through a few of these sort of reductionist phases. You know, you used to have a full mixing desk, you used to have, you know, you've gone very much in yep. the box. Well, in yeah, the box, man. in the boxes, shall we say, because you've obviously got a lot of Euromax yeah. stuff. Well, um, a good friend of mine, she's a Buddhist, and uh, there's a Buddhist saying that says every every possession that we own is a form of suffering, because even if even if you buy a brilliant brand new car that you love, it still is a form of suffering in that you have to take care of it, maintain it, spend money on it. It breaks down, it stresses you out. Someone crashes into you, goes for anything. Um, Yes, I've been I've been through the big setups, and I, I have to say that I got to a point where, when I was sat in my room and I had all, all these keyboards and synths and things, I don't know. There was a certain amount of not anxiety, but there was something about the fact that I wasn't using them a lot and the gathering dust. And every time I moved, they took ages to set up, and I had to have complex routing systems and patch bays, and I spent more time sometimes soldering stuff together and putting in systems than, than making music after a while. So, um, and, and things have changed as well from what I do. You know, I, the, the kind of jobs that I do now for people is, you know, I do consultation, I, I write a bit for TV and adverts, and, um, and then I help people out as well, taking their studio albums to the stage. So, you know, they come to me and say, how do we, how do we take this live, Matt? How do we put this into a way that we can perform live with it? So my setup's changed to kind of absorb the new, the, the sort of jobs that I do now anyway. And also the music that I'm making, which is all based around live performance and capturing that using modular synthesizers and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess needs change over the years and what have you. Um, and I guess... Tom's as as well to some extent as well and um well if he's doing music I'm, cues I'm, he's I'm got to be it all he, anyway yeah he's got to be going you know like if I'm doing music cues for a big Hollywood movie or whatever I need total recall I need to be able to just bring it back yeah. and, you know and whatnot I mean the yeah, gear I mean, he's keeping I think he's he's keeping because he can perform 
he can express himself through it on the work that he's doing, which I think is maybe what the point yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I noticed in the videos, um, there's post-it notes on everything, and some of them say, this is Keep. sale. <laughs> Don't sell this. And it was like the P, I think there was a PS3300 S yeah. or something like that, which, you know, nobody you would want to sell those one kind of, of things. Yeah. Um, but fair enough, you know, he's, he's obviously got a lot of stuff together. He's used them really well. I mean, you just go watch the films that he's been working on. You can hear all that stuff in there. It's it's absolutely brilliant. If I had his money, if I was doing the sort of jobs that he was doing, I might be doing the same sort of thing too and thinking, oh, well, I can afford to get a, a, a 1960s Ludwig drum kit just to record a 30-second piece for part of a film. You know, I might I might embellish that a little bit, but I'd like to think that the sort of stuff that people come to me when I'm writing stuff for, for TV and adverts is is they come to me for the more kind of difficult, experimental, electronic, droney, soupy stuff, as, as you'd call it, Nick, anyway. So I want to retain that sort of sound. That That's what I offer um, the world, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. It's interesting, isn't it, Ty? Because, I mean, you know, you, I know you've got a massive collection and you've got stuff that you've had since you were a kid and, you know, you, you that's the way that you are. But do you, do you fit... I mean, you're setting up a new synth room... I suppose if I turn it around in a different way, I said, are you having to prioritise what you put in there? Is there going to be a storage element to it? And will you rotate yeah. that to to kind of have these different creative spaces depending on, you know, what day of the month it is or whatever your mood takes? How are you going to approach that? That's basically, that's basically exactly what I'm doing. I think the, the people, uh, you see lots of comments about what Junkie XL is doing and, and people are there not understanding... Um, why why you would do it or why he's doing it and it's until you're it's one of those you know classic scenarios until you're in that situation um you i can understand why people don't get it because i have to say when i when i was younger and if i saw someone doing this i would be thinking exactly the same of what an idiot why would you do that when you've got all those amazing bits of gear sat around you but when exactly as matt said when you do when you are there sometimes they can almost become albatrosses around your neck really and they do sometimes get in the way the sheer the, the sheer the, there's an intimidation about having that much gear now the thing is from my point of view i've said this time and time again is the fact that i'm you know i i hate synth collectors in the inverted commas i i don't collect synths my argument always used to be i buy gear to use and that's it and every everything's a tool i have to admit in recent years um I almost have become, you know, but buying stuff that there's no real need to buy it. I just buy it because I want to buy it. And that goes into some collecting territory, but I still use it. The way that I've done the studio now is exactly what you said, essentially, which is the, the main room now has got, I've designed it specifically. So there's a limit to how many bits of gear can physically fit in. Um, it's all about having space and it's all about, they're not being these racks and racks of synths. There is only one rack that even that has only got four tiers in. So I can only have four synths in there. And then the other room is essentially the, it's almost like the playroom. Essentially. Right. And, and so I'm dividing it deliberately to see very, one is a creative space and they're all going to be piped in together. So you're going to be able to control one from the other and vice versa. But the one room is very much a playroom. Um, and so you have to get your head in the, in the right space for that. 
but I've got you know exactly as you know as you said. I mean, I've got ridiculous amounts of. I suppose the same thing can be said for, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like a first world problem, you know, but everybody's going who hasn't got any sense. I'll look at them moaning about it. It's, the same can be said by just having too many samples, too much plugins, too many things to choose from. It's it's a similar, I think it's a similar principle. I mean, because if you're, particularly if you don't know exactly what you'd use for what, you could spend a lot of time just going, I'll try this because I haven't tried it for a while. Is there any point in that? You know, so you can, it depends on whether you need to be, if you need brevity in your creative workflow or whether whether the exploration and the tinkering is part of what you do, and that's fine. It's just a it's just a question of figuring that out, I suppose. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, back in the day, I used to, you know, I always used to say that I would have a piece of gear that did one thing really well, and that would that I try to keep so there wouldn't be much overlap. But now it's got to the stage where so many things do so many things really well that that kind of overlap is just kind of of everywhere. And I can I absolutely get why he's doing this. One hundred percent. I can understand. You know, I mean, the, the guy to talk to about this is Robbie, Robbie Bronneman, because, I mean, Robbie just laughs at my setup because he had the same. He had a huge setup and then basically just went, nope, and just got rid of everything and t went totally in the box. And so he just thinks that my setup is just hilarious, just in a kind of, you know, OTT crazy kind of way. And he keeps saying to me, get rid of stuff and you'll feel better. But my compromise is doing this separate room. Just putting it somewhere thing. else where you don't have to look at it. And then even then... <laughs> You know, kind of I worked out how many synths can go into the synth room and there's like, uh, so each rack can have 12 instruments on and there's six lots of that. So just in the synth room, there's going to be 60 synths and, and drum machine. And even to get down to that, I'm having to keep other stuff in storage as well as the other stuff in the main room, you know. But so it, it is, I can understand why mentally sometimes it's better just to get rid of it in the same way exactly as you said sample wise you know it's good every now and again to just go through your samples go through your Cold, software yeah. and just get rid of stuff that you haven't you haven't used for you know kind of years because all that does is clutter with your head the the, the, the easiest analogy is the fact that imagine walking into your house and you you fortunately had the money to buy the most wonderful amazing things you've got multiples of everything but you can't actually walk around the house because there you've got things everywhere there are things in the way and it's not a million miles from that in a, it virtually in a studio when you want to get to a certain plugin even though it may seem nothing the fact that you have to go down you know another 55 compressors to get to the one you like or sort you know kind of the, the kick drum out of the thousand that you've got or it might not seem a big thing but the fact that it would be so much easier and better if you could just go straight to what you wanted when you wanted it. So yeah. I get why he's doing it. Yeah. I get why he's doing it. Absolutely. I, I wonder say, if he's going oh, to. Um, I wonder if he's going to change his name just to Junkie now instead yeah. of Junkie XL. <laughs> junkie uh, XL. Junkie. Junkie M. Junkie Minimal. Actually, I want to say thanks to David Ramirez in the chat room for the. Uh, uh, the, the Sonic Drinks Christmas Drinks Fund, very kind of you. Uh, that's using super stickers and super chat. I think that's how it works, but thank you very much. Uh, much appreciated. I, I, I should point out at this point, a lot of people are starting to ask, are we talking about swing and all of the controversy that went up? I, I did mean to say this at the beginning. I figured Behringer have had more than enough publicity this week. And I don't really want to you know, spend the whole show talking about that. So 
we're not going to. So that's the that's all I want to say on the matter. That that's how we're going to leave it for now. You can find plenty of discussion if that's what you want to hear people or see people discuss. But uh, anyway, Junkie XL, December the 9th on Reverb.com. That's where you can find it. In fact, I've now got uh, a little uh, interlude from our friends over at Sound Toys. They've got a sale on. Sound Toys Black Friday sale. Sound Toys 5 bundle, more than 50% off all of their effects collection. Decapitator, crystallizer, radiator, face mist for a psych, and loads and loads of it. Really kind of impressive stuff. And we know, I know Matt, you did their thing. Sound Toys 5, uh, little, yes, like I say, little old boy, little plate. Uh, and they've also got effect rack in that, which is a really brilliant uh, plugin for processing, almost like channel strip. Uh, that's 299, uh, and that's until December the 3rd. The Black Friday sale is only on December the 3rd, and it's bit.ly slash soundtoys. BF20. So if you go bit.ly slash BF 20 that'll take you there and give us the kind of say that you came from us because obviously they'd like to know where their stuff comes from. So Soundtoys sale till December the 3rd, bit.ly slash BF 20 is where you need to go for your deal. Effect Rack at 129 as well. Shop now. Okay. Definitely so, do it, folks. It's great. Yeah, you, great, you, you, great. you use tons of their, you use their distortions, do. don't you? Yeah, I use distortions and echo boy all the time. Uh, it's a great deal, folks. It's it's my go-to plugins for a lot of stuff now. Uh, and and um, I bought some stuff just quickly. I bought some Black Friday deals from Waves actually, just the ones that um, that I always wanted to have. You know, like the L two, the L three, so I can smash stuff pretty hard. And the HEQ, which I've always loved using, um, add it as a demo um, because it's got brilliant middle and side EQ in it as well allows you you solo the middle and the side and um I, I use that when i do a little bit of mastering i find that particular eq really really cool so, yeah ah okay cool nice one um i i hate to ask ty did you do any black friday stuff we did a whole thing on this and now we're actually in the black friday so in fact black friday is this week isn't it so uh i, I, I think i've yeah I've, I've bought a few bits of software and samples i mean hardware wise there's, there's kind of nothing that I kind of want at the moment, but um, yeah, a few a few sample libraries and a, a few things that um, yeah, nothing major to be fair. But exactly as Matt said, the Sound Toys one, especially, it's you know even if even if you only wait to this time of year to grab it, it's it's amazing. The Sound Toys stuff really is incredible. So and a bargain at that kind of money. I've never tried any of their stuff either, unimaginative. Well, but really? I'm not. Re- I'm not really a big plug-in user, so I suppose that's. But maybe I will. I, I mean, I will try because what I was going to mention actually, as a as an aside, it's not really a kind of necessarily. There's anything to show, but um, I did say that we were getting the Apple. Uh, mini m1 i've got the 8 gig m1 uh base model mac mini uh apple actually sent us one to try which is a first so it must be i mean that's quite you know there must be quite important for them to uh get the word out and i was there's been a lot of you know hype about it and i thought oh, well i'll okay i'll go for it and i'll try it and i i just wanted to say i'm still testing and it's quite hard to test cuz not any, there's hardly anything that runs natively on the m1 um, but uh, two things. I ran our video editing software, which runs on our this this massive PC, 32 gigs of RAM, Windows 10, you know, high-speed i7 com- computer with tons of stuff in it. And I ran the same sessions I was running on that. I just thought, I'll copy that across, and I run it in uh, DaVinci Resolve, which is cross-platform. And there's a version that is M1 compatible. And it played better 
and more smoothly and I could do real-time effects on that on this entry-level Mac 1 M1 Mini, which was a bit of a shocker. Uh, and not, but then I also I downloaded Logic X. I've been running Logic X, and I ran uh, Yuhi Diva because uh, I did post something on the Patreon saying what should we do? You know, what should we try? And as I said, most of it I can't because it doesn't work. But um, Diva is not, I don't believe, M1 compatible. But it's obviously running under this Rosetta translation end, uh, layer, and I was able to run 14 tracks of Diva in Divine mode, which is the highest. You know, most people never use that apart from to render with. Uh, and there was probably about 40 voices before uh, and plus two tracks of other synths, the just native synths in Logic. And that's when it started to bonk. So I mean, that, that, that's on an that's eight loads. gig. Is that, I mean, I don't know if it's loads because I don't, I like I said, yeah. Yeah, that's loads. So it's quite, it, it is quite impressive, apart from the fact that nothing really runs natively on it. But imagine when it does, it's going to be quite a, I hate to use that word, but it is quite game changing. And it's not supposed to be an Apple show, but I just wanted to put that in because we've got it in. And I'm, I'm, my tests of, you know, I'm just, I wrote a track yesterday, a really cheesy sort of uh, 80s disco type of vibe. And I just piled up, I just added like strings upon strings upon strings in different, just so there'd be a lot of notes playing. And it, uh, it didn't didn't seem to sweat although just at the one point it got to the point where i brought this one patch it was a howard scar diva patch and i think it's called uh civilization or uh, civil service or civil service pad or something it's like an organ with aftertouch and it just went Ugh! but then i set the <laughs> buffer to being a bit bigger and it was fine again so i don't know mm. how far i go anyway i just wanted to throw that in there for information's sake because you know people might be interested but my advice would be, if you need it for real life, like paid work, audio-wise, I'd, I'd give it, leave it a while, leave it a while. But anyway, um, what about this then? This is uh, news of a new sequencer from Korg. Uh, this is called the SQ64, and it's it's a pretty looking thing actually. It's sort of four lanes of 64 sequence, four tracks. These three CV tracks. Uh, melody tracks and then uh, one drum track which has subdivisions uh, I think up to eight or was it 16 voices so it's very B-Step Pro in terms of functionality although notice it doesn't look exactly the same as the B-Step Pro I'll say no more and uh, this is out in uh, January I believe it's got a really nice display I think it's eight triggers yeah and it obviously works with various different CV modes and what's interesting about this is this kind of move. Everybody's producing hardware sequences, and it's just kind of like, okay, what happened to DAW coming 2021? Of course, if you want to see uh, see the features, Loop Pops yet again beating everybody to it, and had a had a first look at that. But uh, it's an, it, this looks good. It's, I think it's going to be about 270 quid, and it, that seems that seems like a fair price for this. But what's interesting to me is the, the notion of these kind of because Korg are a big manufacturer and pushing this kind of concept of mainstream hardware sequencing out into uh, into all of our hands, is that what we all want? I wonder. Maybe we do and we don't know it yet. What do you think? Oh me, sorry. Yeah, you're on. <laughs> um, I'm on. Calling yeah, Matt Hodgson. Beautiful design. Hello, I'm here. I'm here, folks. Um, it, it is a beautiful design. And is this something we all want? Hardware sequences. There's something to be said about getting from away from the computer and just working with something that isn't the computer. It's just a different way of working. 
and I admire that sometimes and I like to do that sometimes I, with the beat step pro I'm like okay I'm just gonna I'm gonna start something there and then I'll work into the computer the things um that I tend to look for though in modern hardware step sequences like this is performance controls so it's all very well once you've got your sequence in there but if I'm then say I save a bunch of songs and I want to go out and play live I'm going to want to interact with them a little bit I'm going to want to do things like mess around with octaves and modulation a little bit and um, you know offset things in real time mute things bring things in and out loads of stuff that I'm not even thinking of that I'm sure companies could do a bit of R&D on and, and think you know what is this what are these new aspects that we could start pushing into these uh, hardware sequences as they're coming out so looking at this one there, there are some things that you can do with it in real time um I, that's that's what i was just reading actually that's why i was <laughs> looking blank um but there is some real-time controls you know you can play it like a keyboard in real time okay um you can transpose stuff up and down okay great um but that's kind of it you play around with octaves as well but yeah it's that sort of real-time control that's that's the sort of stuff that would excite me the 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 one thing that i don't think that any hardware sequencer that i've used so far in, is uh nailing is things to do with envelopes now I, I don't have any envelopes at all in my modular system all of them come from bitwig actually um because i find that envelopes are the the key things that really well obviously they shape the sound all individually sound sounds and i'd like to do quite complex envelope shapes and i might have two different envelopes and i might um use uh attenuators to to add and subtract them together to make even more interesting envelopes and it's those sort of things that i want to play around with and shorten them increase them um in, increase the attack time and add and subtract them together in, in real time and it's you come up with some really interesting things that way now um i've had a lot of hardware sequences in euro rack uh, and outside of euro rack and um they all seem to admit omit that sort of behavior in them unfortunately um forgive me if i'm if i'm missing any here but but from from my experience i've not i've not found any that do these kind of things i, so. I mean just from what you're describing an extra track on a sequencer which just has pads that can be set in time so you can have them per step or you can just kind of go right divide that by eight so there's only one triggered every quarter note uh, against the 16th and then you have the control a global control for all of those envelopes or individual control like or, a, or an lfo cycle that, that conceptually that shouldn't be very hard to achieve i wouldn't have thought what you're asking yeah that's that's the kind of thing totally and, and on this i think there's only yeah there's only there's four dials to the right and i think that they work with whatever's on the screen and then there's two dials to the left which i think is something like tempo and something else off the top of my head tempo and swing tempo and swing oh, yeah you know yeah exactly now if you, you know if there was another row of of dials there that you could map to anything that wasn't on the screen so you didn't do have to do any menu diving good idea and, yeah macro you know you yeah. could just just you could for each song you could say what those what those faded what those controls are going to do would be awesome um maybe that maybe you could plug in another midi controller and, and assign away and, and use an external midi control to it but the key thing here is we i think we're trying to get something in one unit that you know you could put in your backpack 
something like this beautiful build it, it looks like it's quite robust and um, not need to use any other midi controllers so that that would be my only feedback yeah teeny tiny uh eighth inch no no full-size midi which is a shame but i suppose yeah we're seeing more and more of that aren't yeah, we more of that, the, um, that's the way the it small goes midi. It? uh ty I, I mean you know in your line of work hardware sequences i mean i know you used to use them but i mean they're just there's not enough uh, presumably you'd have to be absolutely fluent as you like to be able to sort of throw together the sort of cues that you would need to throw together in this but is there i know you're a big fan of drum machines and whatnot is there is there room for this kind of thing in your setup or in your in your work flow? Yeah. again i use it more as a, an inspirational toy the thing is yeah you know kind of um i'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a player essentially and so as great as that is sometimes sometimes being a player also means that you fall into the same uh traps you know kind of uh, you know you, you play a certain style which means that every now and again you need to kick up the arse basically to do something different and try something new and the one thing that step sequences are great for is doing that and you almost there are certain bits of gear in the studio that you almost want to not quite get if that makes sense you don't want to know them like the back of your hand because if you know them like the back of the hand you then start using them in a predictable way so right. there are certain bits here that there's actually a lot to be said for for um not quite knowing the ins and outs of them so for me things like i mean i've got a poly and seek and um um, yeah, that's you know, supposed to be I really mean, good, actually. Yeah, that's it is, it is a fantastic step sequencer. I mean, it's it really is fantastic. And then I've got a Medusa with the sequencer on that. That again, I know enough to do what I need to do, but I don't know the exact ins and outs. And there's a lot to be said for that. And so that's kind of how I see step sequencers. I mean, I've got obviously got the one on the fifty-five. Um, I've got Beat Step Pro. So there's there's, there's lots of odds and sods in terms of step sequencing, but it's not an area that, you know, I couldn't do anything, you know, I can't do any, I'm, I don't want to say proper work. There's, I can't do any of my normal stuff on it. It's very much an inspirational tool for me to try and take myself out of my comfort zone. That's how I use them. But this, I mean, this, this one looks great. And for the money, I think it seems good value. I mean, again, coming back to Robbie, Robbie uses the, the, the one all the time. I mean, I think he's got three of them, four of them, something like that, and he uses them all the time. Um, so they are, you know, in the right hands, they can be really useful. Uh, and this one looks looks um, looks great. I mean, for the money, it looks really good. Yeah, if that's your uh, bank. If that's your yeah, coming out in January twenty one, I guess. I mean, I guess it would have been slated for Nam time, but as Nam is not really a target that anybody needs to hit anymore, they're just can sort we, of um, it early. Can we mention that in the picture on the Korg website, in the background, it's quite dark and somebody's brightened this picture up. It may appear or it may not appear this one. that there is a Korg 2600 Mini. What, that picture there? Yeah. Uh, I think it's that one. Is that what? No, that looks like Eurorack, that is. No, that's Eurorack. Sorry, there is, a, there is another one. Okay. There is another one and it and it's definitely an art 2600 and it's not the full size one and i'm just oh, wondering if Cog. no the mini is happening i mean there's no doubt about that the mini is it, the, that's kind of oh i mean i don't oh i don't know if i should say that okay i'll retract <laughs> let's that. pretend you don't say that yeah it has been speculated it may or may not it may or may not be happening that's interesting well, no, but it, i mean they it, must it, i mean if you put it in a picture 
in in on the internet when everybody has got basic edit, editing image editing program software it's going to get you know. oh um oh someone in the chat room Cynthia Atom is actually saying that they've removed that picture since and replaced it <clears throat> ah. so let's leave that there Let's leave that there. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. Obviously going to be a tough price break when you're going up against the uh, the other one. Um, okay. All right. Well, uh, let's go back to uh, what else? That's six foot. The next one is... Ah, yeah. Ah, this is... So I did a review of this uh, this week. This is the Strymon Night Sky. Fabulously expensive reverb pedal that's well it's a time warp it's not really a reverb pedal i mean you can get a half decent reverb out of it but that's not really what it's doing and this is just literally a slightly muted sawtooth with a bit of aftertouch on the filter and the stuff that's coming out the other end of it is it is i mean this is this i did talk about having the, the concept of having an actual synth that was based on reverb and this is about as close as i've got i think and it really i think there's a morph thing where you can morph the shimmer pitch and I was getting this sort of Castrol GTX kind of horn lines out of it and it was <laughs> there's, a, there's a low pass filter in it as well I mean it's quite old news but I and I wanted to say thanks to uh, Rocky on the uh, Discord because he uh, said oh you should get that in for review and I thought okay I will and I phoned them up and they said yeah we'll send one over and I, and I did um, so yeah, Night Scott, this is this is again one of these sort of very powerful algorithmic reverbs. I mean, you can do similar things in some of the Valhalla stuff, and obviously even Tide have similar things, but there's something about the Strymon algorithms which is kind of unique to them to a degree. The amount of stuff that they do. Oh, Matt's got a uh, what's that? So there? I've got the big sky, Nick. Ah, yeah, um, which I love. Um, and I use this with a modular, and uh, actually Strymon stuff can handle modular levels pretty pretty well, actually. Having said that, the El Capistan, if it goes too hot, it, you have to kind of unplug it and plug it back in again. So, Nick, why would I go for one of those and and over this? But I don't know if you've used this before, but you've got you've got shimmer, you've got delays like magneto and reflections and room and hull and spring and um, and all that kind of stuff. What, what would you say, mate? It's got MIDI as well. Well, um, you've got more. Uh, front panel access to modulation stuff. So you can modulate the pitch, you can modulate the reverb, you can modulate the filter. And the filter is is quite nice. I mean, that's what, and it's got an envelope follower. There's additional features, but that's a good question. It depends what you're using it for, I suppose. I mean, I think you're going to get more algorithms in the uh, blue sky, or sorry, big sky. Was that big sky or blue sky? Big sky, yeah. Big sky. Um, so you probably more flexibility, but less real-time stuff with it, perhaps, I would say. I like I like the uh, fact they've put the filter in it because it can get a bit much sometimes in the mix. So to be able to make to take out some of that bottom ends looks sounds pretty good. And the envelope follower, that's very interesting as well. If you're if you can take that from whatever you're running through it and, and get I guess get the reverb to react and, yeah, and follow the, I, the shape of the input. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure how much it, it will follow. It, you can, the filter seem the most effective pitch. You can also do as well, which is quite interesting. And reverb, I think. I don't think that's the level. It's modulating other parameters. So, I mean, it would be really useful if it was actually modulating the level of the reverb so you could actually have it, you know, breathe. I don't think it oh, does that's that. What I, thought. I don't think it's it's doing that. So I'm, I'm sorry about that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, not quite the thing. Um, 
tie. I mean, I, I don't I don't recall whether you have a lot of external effects, whether you're more effects in the box and more synths out of the box. I can't remember um, seeing that kind of stuff. No, in I've got quite a lot of out of outboard. Um, so I've got the I've got the three big Romans. So I've got the big sky and the delay line and Mobius. So I've got those. Um, uh, and yeah, then I've got more kind of rack stuff and it's actually the rack stuff because i i, I looked at this because one of the things is you can um sequence the filter you know it's the you can actually the modulation is more than just straight modulation you can um really get in quite deep with the modulation um uh and the only thing i can kind of do that kind of stuff on is uh you know i've got h9000 which you, and, you know we know how much that is and the level you're jumping up to get one of those so i think although it does seem like a lot of money for this I think in terms of what you, what kind of, what level you have to go to, to be able to get a similar thing, I think, I don't think it's that unreasonable in terms of cost. And, the, and as Matt will tell you, I mean, the Strymon algorithms, they are, they do have something quite special about them. They can get quite muddy, yeah. which again, the Eventide is slightly better and from that point of view, but the filters will obviously help um, clean that up slightly. But, I think this is just, it's, it's essentially, it's a creative hands-on version of the big sky. Yeah, it, but it's, it's performance. It's geared for performance, yeah, I would exactly. say. exactly. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I just think, although it does seem a lot of money, compared to where you have to go to get similar kind of things, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's unreasonable. Um, uh, I think, the, yeah, I, I think the, I think the thing that somebody asked how much it was, it's four two nine US, which is a chunk of change. You know, I mean, that's half the price of the synth that was going into it. Uh, so, or more than half the price of the synth that was going into it. In fact, actually, four two nine UK pounds, it's two thirds of the price that was going. So, you know, there's that, there's a lot of that uses Shark DSPs. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, it's definitely a luxe item, but it does something. Uh, would you be able to get? Would you be able to use that? I mean, you know, if you use that as for your uh, soundtrack work, are there yeah. instances where that kind of scape would, would would suffice? Could you kind of almost get away? Because I reckon you could do a gig with a monosynth and that easily. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, do you mean in terms of yeah, an ambient cue? God, I mean, easily, absolutely easily. What the problem is more. Um, you kind of have to tell tell yourself that it's it's fine and you don't need to mess it up and and that's more the problem when you when you kind of have setups like that especially with those huge washes i mean you can kind of it doesn't really matter what you put into it a lot of the time it's it's the effects that are actually carrying the whole thing and you can get away with a cue that is essentially just that the problem is literally just stopping yourself and going okay well that's i'll, I'll carry on building on that it's having that um awareness and just to turn and go, okay, that's it. That one's done. But yeah, to totally possible. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's a, hey, it's, um, a, it's a nice thing. Sorry, go, Matt. We we were <clears throat> just just quickly a couple of shows ago. We was looking at um, audio thingies, the Micro Monster, and I spotted their stereo reverb and delay unit, the Doctor A, um, which yeah. has got MIDI and CV on it. Um, and I've gone ahead and ordered one. They're, they're sending me one through, um, which I'm looking forward to getting. And I, what I was interested on that is you've got the delay and reverb in, in one unit, but you've also got the high pass and low pass filters and different ways of combining the reverbs and delays together. So um, quite performance orientated, 
just like um, the, the Strymon pedal that you've been playing with. And again, it's the, it's the performance aspects of of pedals again. I, that they, They're exciting me. When you're talking about that, it's got the ability to perform with things like this. That's when I'm like, great. That's the kind of thing I want to have on stage when I'm knocking out a load of techno and I want to, I want to play, I don't want to just put a reverb on and set it and leave it. I want it to, I want, you know, I want it to move and breathe and, and play with it and just crank it sometimes and take it away and all that kind of things. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that pretty much all that, I mean, there are some shift functions and uh, they aren't hard to remember. They're pretty straightforward. The only thing I, the thing I had against it is you're using the reverb level knob as when you press a button, uh, say the algorithm, you turn that, that becomes the pre-delay. But the thing is, if you mistime it, suddenly your reverb is either gone or it's too loud. <laughs> and if they could only have had a set, a, a parameter knob on it that meant that you didn't have to deal with that. I mean, you could do it with a MIDI control. You can do it. That, that's a really neat function with the expression pedal. You can put the expression pedal in, set it up, press it down, and set all the knobs to one thing and then set all the knobs to another thing in the two different positions. So you can like morph the entire lot and that's saved on a per patch basis. So you can almost like have this master macro thing going on. That is, that is quite cool. Stuff like the sequencer, I didn't really understand what that was for because that seemed to only sequence the pitch. So it was a bit like a sort of an old school sequen- uh, sampler where you're just going, eh, 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 and it didn't, I didn't really understand okay. what the use, I don't think you could, sequence the filter sequence of this i could be totally wrong here i think it does sequence other stuff though i could be wrong but i thought i was under the impression you could sequence it wasn't just pitch but maybe i missed i hope i didn't misrepresent that apologies if i did but yeah i look into that that's a good point um okay anyway just another one of those things that you know maybe appeal to uh us folks um what's okay there's a couple left we've got the uh the roly or uh equator or trillion which one would per, would be preferred hands up for roly we got oh we're doing both all right let's uh let's go for uh r- trillion new uh trillion oh, 1.5 out from spectrasonics great well, video with uh, did you miss me yeah <laughs> huh did you miss me <laughs> It's your old pal, Greg Gaines. Greg Gaines, yeah, and uh, the Pocket Queen. And the, honestly, Brilliant. they just had a real this blast with this, and it's a little bit kind of <laughs> inside is. joke, Greg, but it's... Is yeah. When they're jamming yeah. away, I, let me just... The sound is really, really good. She's a great drummer as well. And they're just jamming. It's, I think it's totally improvised. If we just... For me, if you, it's worth watching that video just to hear what a great drum kit and a great drummer can sound like in a room. I suspect the room mics are playing a very big part in that overall sound because the bloom on that bottom end, on the bass on Trillion. I mean, I had Trillion a long time ago, but I haven't used it. But this is a free upgrade if you already own it. I mean, where's the, what's the problem with that? And I believe it will run on M1. I don't think it's native yet, but it, it will run in Big Sur. So that's another good thing. I'll come to you first, Ty, because I know, you know, you've probably got these Spectrasonics things and the, the bottom end in it is mind-blowing. And if you need that, it's... It, it's... It, trillions. I mean, trillions save my skin a lot, a lot of times. Um, you know, you get some companies who, when it comes to launching and advertising get everything you know just wrong you know you get the other side 
where you get some companies who just get everything spot on and right. Spectrosonics are one of those that whatever the way they do it is just they just they just get it right every time. And you know, kind of if, if you actually if you actually, I just imagine when someone did this sitting there in a in a small room going, I tell you what, we'll just stick some room mics up, we'll get a drummer in. We'll get a, a guy who can, you know, as a player, to get two players in a room, record the room mics, and uh, and put it out. Have a bit of a laugh and make it up as you go along. What do you think? And in theory, it should fall apart the first hurdle. And it's just a great twenty minutes of watching two. Pro- I mean, I know I keep going on about players about how important it is, but watching two fantastic musicians who can both just play sitting there demoing as you say the sound of a great drum kit with a great drummer oh and there's some software in there as well and um but the sound you know kind of yeah the overall sound is fantastic but i mean trillion is is a fantastic piece of kit at the, at the you know the best of times but i mean um as you say the the bloom at the bottom is just it's gorgeous it really is absolutely fantastically recorded. And and as for the piece of software itself, I mean, there's nothing that major. It's all in terms of GUIs and usability and a few extra synth features. But I mean, Trillion as a sample set, is, you're going to be struggling to get a more convincing um, bass end. You know, I mean, I've done a couple of sessions and I genuinely can't say what they are because actually... You told them you hired a bass player. <laughs> well, yeah, there are a couple of sessions that I've done where it's actually a bass player. He's actually an incredibly famous bass player who um, uh, did certain sections and didn't quite catch the middle section. And so I did it on Trillium and it was never credited because they actually, and even the player still thinks that they did the middle section and they never did. It was it was me with Trillium. So that's how convincing it is. If the player of the uh, the beginning and end didn't realise that the middle bit wasn't them, then you can kind of say it's a... It's a it's wow, a good, that's cool. Uh, yeah, obviously, it's 299 for the full thing, but you get the update for free if you're not. Um, I don't know, Matt, I'm, I'm assuming this is probably not necessarily in your zone, just purely because you can make great bass sounds yourself. And as you've <laughs> well, said, you're not really a keyboardist in the, in that sense, but... I'm not, but I have used this stuff before. I've, I have used it on um, a few commercials that I've done when I just needed those things to do. You know, I don't just make techno. I mean, I've, I've done adverts for people where I'm playing ukuleles and all sorts of stuff. And, and like Ty says, these people... They pull it out of the bag when you want that. Now, they're brilliant, but it's 34 gigabytes. And um, this is my machine. And at any one time, you know, most, by the end of the day, I'm getting things popping up on my screen saying, you've run out of memory. You've got to close your mail. You've got to close Safari, you know. I've usually got a million Safari tabs open of stuff that I'm just thinking about buying or looking at or getting around to watching. Now, that's using up all my RAM, my memory. And at 34 gigabytes, I ain't got that space. And um, I suppose, look, I, okay, you buy an external hard drive. It, it's really not that big a deal. And you post all your samples on there. But um, but I think we've talked about this before as well. It's the same sort of thing with native instruments is, is you know, are we, are we getting ever closer to being able to stream super high quality audio over the net probably not probably just answered no. that as i said it but um no. certainly c- certainly if you like t- um 
uh, Junkie XL or Junkie Minimal, um, you've got your own server room in there, which is full of all your samplers and it's all cooled and it's, you know, it's all refrigerated and you keep your beer in there as well. I just don't have that luxury. So that that's the kind of thing where I'm like, I just, I just don't got the room to install it. And I, I don't want to also deal with loads and loads of additional hard drives. I've, I have one extra hard drive. Uh, which has got two discs in it. One's backing up whatever's on the other hard drive, and and that's it. I just try and keep things super super minimal. That's all. Bit of a rant there. No, I totally get that, and that, I mean I'm the same because we we often you get offered a lot of this stuff review, and on my the main music computer or my main computer is this uh, 2018 or 17 MacBook Pro, and I've only got a certain amount of space on it, and I not I can't fill it up with samples, and then whenever I want to. You know, I quickly just want to sort of run, I don't know, whatever, something. Uh, and I think, oh, I'll just batter one of the native instruments. I've got a version of, uh, of a contact. Uh, or, and and it means I've got to plug it in and remember where. And I, it, it, it sounds like hardly any trouble at all, but actually you end up not doing it because it's more trouble than you can be bothered with sometimes. And so you've got to, you've got to have it all together. I mean, no coming from Ty's situation, he's probably going to have a lot of this stuff online uh, or he has the computer that has the space on it anyway. But if that's your business, it's not mine. So I'm not, I just don't have it around the whole time, but uh, it does sound fantastic. No, no, I think, I think the reality of the situation though is if, if we were having this conversation 10 years ago, um, for the for the price of just an external drive or even an internal drive, I, I kind of get the argument. But the reality is, it's a very it's a very simple reality, is the fact that you, to get realism, you either go down the, the, the physical modeling or you go down the huge samples. Now, things like the Modo Bass, uh, for example, talking about bass, you know, they've gone down the physical modeling, so their kind of sample, um, uh, their, their size, you know, kind of footprint on the computer is a lot less. But you, I then have to turn around and go, but it sounds great. But when you then compare it to, to Trillion, there's a, and it doesn't sound as good. It doesn't sound as good. And with these big libraries, the reason, if you're trying to get ultra realistic or, you know, having a huge amount of articulation, that all comes down to sample size. And so sample size is the be all and end all. And and that's why a lot of the Spitfire libraries are huge because of the articulations and the size and whatever. But the reality is now, if you if you you can go on Amazon and get a one terabyte drive for, for next to nothing, for next to nothing. Yeah. And that can be your external drive. I mean, when I've used to use laptops, I always used external drives. And this is when it cost a fortune just to get bloody 10 gig. It was an absolute fortune. Now, drive prices are so cheap that to just a 34 gig sounds like a lot. It's in the bigger scheme of things, it would cost you pence to store 34 gig onto an external yeah. drive. Uh, and if that... you want that level of reality, re realism, and then you you have to do it. I mean, I, on my setup now, I've just got a laptop. There's no external drive. There's nothing, and I've got you know it's it's quite a big internal drive. But I don't you know kind of they all live happily. I can coexist. Yeah. Ago, I think it's a totally valid argument. Yeah. All right. No, now, that's fair enough. Actually, that reminds me. That's a good point um, because uh, one of the things about the new uh, Macs is there's a lack of connectivity, and the internal storage is sort of baked in. You can't upgrade it. And to get the same level of performance, because they use uh, NVMe or, you know, really fast drives, which do make a huge difference from load. I mean, it's astonishing when you're kind of going, here's two and a half gigs and it takes literally 
three seconds to copy. You kind of go, mm -hmm. mm, I can see the merit and such a fast. But to get that level of performance, a Thunderbolt enclosure with, say, uh, like a Samsung X5, which is the, the, the fastest you can buy, a terabyte is 500 quid. I mean, it's, you know, still very, very for, the, very, for the fast storage, it's still incredibly expensive, uh, which well, for most well, audio is not so, you know, not such a big deal. But what you do is you basically have your set libraries that be become the core of your uh, workload, the libraries that you keep coming back to again and again and again and again. You put those on the, on the SSDs, and then you also then separate into the libraries that you address less so, and you put those onto um, uh, an external one. And at the end of the day, I'm just coming back to Trillion, there's, on, on Trillion, you can also load in the light version. So although it does sit there on a drive ah, in terms okay. of the machine, you do have light options of, of, the, of the libraries. So when you're sketching stuff out, you can do it in light mode and then maybe render it down with, you know, if, if you have a slower computer. So that's that, that's a good idea. I mean, it's the same thing with uh, that, that happens with video. You know, you use proxies or whatever, and then when you render it, it just goes to back to the originals and makes them super fast and super great. You know, and that that's that's probably something we'll see more and more because, uh, I mean, while storage is cheap, this high performance storage is 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 not yet. So uh, I, I suppose it will be at some point. But yeah, if you want to want to get out a trillion. Spectrasonics, and if you already own it and you haven't up, because I mean, this I don't know how old it is, it's like what, 10 years plus. Ancient. So, ancient, the latest yeah. upgrade is totally free, so there's a bit of a no brainer there. Um, and we did have one more, which was uh, the uh, I'm just looking for the, the right button to press. God forbid I press the wrong button. Here we go. Oh, I did press the wrong button. <laughs> hey, there we go. Equator 2. Whoa, that's intense. So uh, when Equator 2 first came out to paired up with the Roly hardware, I, I thought it was astonishing. And the level of expression and synthesis was amazing. Um, I mean, it had its flaws, but it really integrates so well with the MP environment. And now we've got uh, version 2 is out and you can buy it. I mean, I don't know what else I can say, really. It's got more stuff, more you know, improvements, advanced synthesis techniques. Wavetable, the whole kit and caboodle. But more interestingly, it's this kind of MPE integration, which I think we're going to see more and more happening. Uh, so uh, I don't know. Uh, did anyone, I, I don't know whether you went, tried MPE. I mean, it is a bit of an eye opener. Uh, it really, when you start to, to need that performance expression, it's, you try it. And it does, you just go flipping hell, that's amazing. I know, uh, uh, Ty, I don't know whether you use it, but for, for certain instruments, you know, I imagine you can't beat that level of expression. I mean, you know, you, you can... No. So, you, I mean, I got, when, when, when they bought out the very first Roly, I got a, I got a studio brand. So I got, the, I got um, and then when they bought out the Rise, I got, I got a Rise as well. MPE is, it's so underdeveloped and, and it's great to see that, companies are coming out now where they make it compatible. I mean, and also since the, we launched, I mean, my, the, the Schmidt is, is now MPE compatible. There's uh, quite a few synths that are now becoming more and more MPE compatible. It, it takes you off into a whole new level of expression and um, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I just wish now everything would come on board being MPE. I mean, it would make life, you know, uh, brilliant. Um, and in terms of this, in terms of Equator 2, um, 
it's great. I, even even on this little setup, I, I use it with the Rise as well, and um, it's uh, the nearest thing to it. Realistically, is um, probably probably a quantum, probably a Waldorf quantum. So you get you know kind of six oscillators. Um, I think it's something like five LFOs, five envelopes. Uh, I think two filters, um, and you can have granular wavetable, virtual analog or your own samples. Um, and what you can do in there is just fantastic. And then, as you say, the integration then with the, the MPE, with the, with the Roly, means that, you know, it's the equivalent of poly aftertouch and, you know, slides. And it's, it's amazing. But the, the nice thing about this one is they've obviously added a, a whole new load of um, presets. I think it's about 1,300 presets. But they've then also added 800 normal um uh, presets for, for, for normal non-MPE compatible. Ah, okay. And all I say is even just the 800 non-MPE, the standard that you can play on any controller, um, those presets are really fantastic. But then you've got 1,300, which are MPE, um, dedica dedicated to an MPE. Well, it's, it is quite hard to program uh, MPE just because of the complexity. It's unfamiliar territory. Yeah. I mean, the, the difference was you're absolutely right it was difficult to do and what they've but the difference was that you had a you didn't have that many presets in equator and you use those as starting points um but they weren't you know they're were okay but they weren't great but they've obviously paid a lot of money to a lot of people to spend a lot of time making these presets good and they are really good yeah uh, well I, I i i would do a shout out this is the sweet spot for me um this is the siebel block which uh i mm -hmm. think is it, it, the only issue being it's quite hard to connect to anything without a computer involved. I use it with the RK006, which is great because you just plug that into this uh, MIDI hub thing and then you've got MIDI out. So I was I, in the MPE demo I did on Patreon for the uh, Cobalt 8. This is just going into a box and then MIDI out and there's no computer involved. Mm -hmm. And that makes a really big difference. I think the other really big difference is is how advances in editing the uh, the mpe data is coming on uh if you saw our mpr ableton 11 that's got a really elegant editing environment for mpe best i've seen so far i mean not that i'm a, a connoisseur of all of them and i'm guessing and i'm guessing uh um bitwig i think probably has mpe stuff as well and that makes the difference because it's all well and good having these great performances but if if trying to edit them is just like trying to extract the one thread of the one notes pitch bend out of a, like a sea of data it's a nightmare yeah, and I think we got, we saw that as well in the new uh, Ableton 11 beta. Yeah, that's right. Uh, with yeah. MP in there. So people doing demos where you're holding down a chord and then for each note you've got individual expression on it and all of that looks really, really cool. But I've, I just really haven't had much experience at all with MPE, I must say. Um, so I don't have enormous say about this. I haven't used the synth either. Um you know, without being an MPE user, I wasn't somebody who was just jumping at this um, just because to me, you know, off just looking at it, you know, a couple of filters and, and the oscillators yeah. and yeah, it was kind of like, well, I've, I've kind of got a lot that do this, whether it's something like Massive or Serum or something like that, for example. And there's, P there's yeah, quite pigments a lot of as well. Pigments will do a lot of what it does, yeah. Yeah, and, and then there's something that, that's just been released yesterday, uh, which is free, and a lot of people are talking about this, which is this spectral warping wavetable synth called Vital, or Vital, Vital, um, by Vital Audio, um, which 
you know, looks really, really great and it's free. Um, there is a pro and a plus option if you want to pay for extra presets and extra wavetables and, and, and things like that. Um, and as a subscription to it as well. Um, so I know a lot of people have been downloading that and doing a lot of demos of it. Um, I did see earlier though, some people were downloading it and getting, uh, computers spitting out malware warnings. Really? I'm not, I'm not oh. suggesting that the, the company oh, okay. is, is by any means doing anything untowards, but I'm just wondering if that's been sorted out now. There might just be something. Um, is something this a, there. I, actually, is this, a, this, is this it, iOS or is this an actual? No, it's actually. It looks so, yeah, it looks so iOS-y. It does, doesn't it? The, in, the interface looks very sort of clean and iOS-y, but I guess in, uh, you know, um, Equator 2 kind of has that vibe as well a bit, but... <sighs> you know, the fact that they're giving this away free, it's quite nice that model of four different options, subscription, basic, and then if you want to pay a little bit extra for the Plus and Pro, you just get the more bits. So I quite mm. like this way of uh, a company sort of reeling you in and going, hey, come try this out, see what you think. Hey, you like it? You want more? Okay, right. Well, you know, these are your yeah. options. You can well, go. it's you can, uh, freemium, isn't it? The, the freemium. Actually, one thing yeah. that, uh, just going back to the, the Mac M1, one thing that I did discover, and this was actually pretty cool, you can download iOS apps and run them on this M1. I was running a couple of synths and they play and it, I just plugged a keyboard in and then I did an log or one of the free synths that I've got and I just plugged it in and it runs in a little window and the MIDI connects up and the audio interface connects up and you've got an iOS Wicked. app running yeah. on your M1. Uh, uh, That's great. That's kind I'm of cool. I, I was using quite a few iPad apps for, unlike... Um, you know, if I'd have followed the same steps as Ty, I might, I might be doing a little bit better in that world. But he's, you know, he's a he can play, and I can't play. I should have learned to play. So I have to, I have to rely on these apps that sort of suggest chords for me sometimes. You know, um, and there's one app actually. I got it in the Black Friday called Klimper with a K, um, and it was it was on iOS to begin with. It's now been ported over to to Mac. Um, and it's in Black Friday sale, and it's just got that clean iOS interface. And um, I guess if I had the M1, I'd be able to just load this up for my iPad then, right? And just play. Well, with I it think so. I, I tell you what, I was trying to do, and I ha I didn't get round to this, but I was trying to find like Core Gadget or something, or, or Cubasis or something. Is could I run Cubasis on an M1 in? Yeah, you know, that's just like it was a bit kind of hmm, that's getting a bit meta. But yeah, uh, <laughs> some of the stuff because I was looking for like MIDI Designer Pro, which I use a lot, and I couldn't find that. So I think the apps have to be kind of ready. That they presumably have to be ready to run on. They must be running at least on the the modern iPad chips, the A series chips. But I haven't looked into it that much, but I did download like a couple of apps and went, crikey, that actually is running on this as an iOS app under emulation, which is quite a bit of a, that's an interesting, interesting idea. Yeah. I and mean, it, you, you could run GarageBand off your iPad on your Mac. Maybe. I, I suspect <laughs> you know, they might put a stop to that circle. sort of thing. But yeah, <laughs> meta. Interesting. Um well, anyway, um, if you want to check that out, obviously, uh, Equator 2, that's uh, roly.com, uh, so do check that. Uh, the upgrade is a bit steep, actually, just after Trillion. Upgrade is, is 80 quid from the original, uh, and the f uh, and that's reduced at the moment for a, a period, and the full, if you're buying it now, is 159 as opposed to 200. But as we know, Roly are probably uh, looking for cash, you know, like everybody in these times, so um, I guess, you know, and... and 
you can see a lot of work's gone into it. I probably shouldn't say any more. But yeah, well, it is worth it. Fair enough. Thank you. Okay, well, I, I think we're we're probably at the end of the show. I actually managed to get all of that in in under under two and a half hours, which is uh, good. Uh, a, a couple of housekeeping things. Like I said, if you want to check out our Patreon, much appreciated. Uh, lots of content there. Uh, extra content that you can't find anywhere else. That's at uh, Patreon slash SonicState.com. Patreon.com slash SonicState, rather. Uh, lots of posts up there. And I want to thank all of our friends in the YouTube chat room uh, and also the people who... Uh, posted a little to the Christmas drinks fund uh, very much appreciated nice to see you all there but we'll come back and we'll say goodbye to all of our friends now here uh, Ty lovely to see you and it's interesting now that you've got just the now you could be basically on top of some kind of sky, skyscraper in you know in some metropolis you know it's like you just look like you've got panoramic windows out onto the cityscape it's really interesting the way that changes you know what I'm going to play off that going yeah yeah it's, uh, that's exactly where I am yeah you could get projections. You could have like uh, projections into your garden that makes it look like you're in Manhattan or something for your Zoom calls. Well, next time, if it goes like this, I'll put all the lasers on. There's a whole load of lasers and things in the garden. But What? Yeah. What? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. That, I'll be up for that. Excellent. But yeah. lovely to have you, Ty, and uh, much appreciated. And now, now you're back busy again. I'm sure your time is precious. Yeah, but no, it's lovely, lovely being on again. Good to be back. And good to see your internet is holding up nicely. You've got super fast broadband, and now finally we get you after how many years in uh, pixelated tie? We have oh, high please. HD tie, so thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I am. Yeah. And also, Excellent. Mr. Matt Hodson, thank you very much for joining us as well. Uh, much of a pleasure. Um, I noticed you did a, a track uh, from scratch the other day. You got some more of those planned over on your Ma uh, Mass 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 channel? Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of doing them as and when. So again, if you, if you are into what I've been doing recently, just head over there and hit that subscribe and the bell button. You'll get an email whenever I'm going live because it's kind of ad hoc. And Gaz Williams is on every single night of the week. So it'd be rude for me to kind of do it at the same time as he's doing it. So um, <laughs> I'm going to have to come around and cut his internet connection off, I think, so I can... Uh, I can take over for a little he's bit. Got, he's, got, he's got a streaming frenzy. Yeah, I forgot to mention, you're supposed to, I'm supposed to say hit subscribe and hit the bell to get notifications when we get, send new stuff out and uh, yeah, all of those things, which I've stopped. Matt, you've started to train me. I, when I hear you do it, I think I've got to do it too. Matt, lovely to see you. Lovely to Thank see you Thank you very much you for folks. having me. Thank you, Cheers. everybody, for joining us. Uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you all next time. That was Sonic Talk episode, oh, what was it? 645. See you later. Bye-bye now. <laughs>